Hello and welcome to episode number 100, wow, it, not even 100, 200, episode 200, holy crap, there have actually been 200 of these goddamn things. Uh, as promised, this is going to be, even though they're probably going to all drop at the end of the month, this one's going to be dropping uh, the, le the third Sunday, so it probably won't post until tomorrow, Monday, January 27th. And then we're going to have one that's right at the end of the month, which is basically the second half of this episode that we've had to record separately, just because we were running into audio problems, which you will notice a couple places where the audio chops off. It's been a problem that we've been having, and I've been trying to fix it, but I haven't been able to fix it yet. Uh, I think it's because of the way I've been recording it. I'm going to be replacing some equipment this in the new year uh, again like i said there's some stuff in the new year just, you're probably going to notice some sound changes but in the interim we're dealing with some technical issues a lot of star wars in this uh we discussed the mandalorian and a lot of comparison more rise of skywalker discussions and a handful of other things uh oscar contenders anyway you're going to notice some choppiness in the audio there's going to be some places where the audio cuts off and then a little where it fuzzes out for a second. Uh, second. Uh, and that's because uh, the my laptop was running a – started to run a program without my knowledge, like a Dell support. I have to disable that. I should know how to do it. Going back all the way to the first episode, uh, or the first episode in which I was doing this myself, it would not be an episode of this podcast if something didn't something didn't go a little bit wrong. So this being appropriately the 200th episode, we were going to do a whole big special thing, and then once again, as many t thing times happens, life got in the way, and uh, we just uh, we're just like well, let's just record and talk about these things. So, uh, the, I guess what you can call the next uh, two, possibly three episodes, is uh, episode 200, part one, two, and three. So, that's, what, that's what's going to make it special. You're going to get probably two, if not three, episodes of the podcast in uh, this uh, month. Uh, just to catch up, and then we're going back to the monthly. There's going to be some new things that are going to be popping up. Also, we are going to be keep an eye on at NerdProQuo on Twitter. I know that there hasn't really been anything on there recently, but since a new season of The Magicians, Magicians has started, or about two episodes, we have to get back on that. We will be live tweeting. If not live tweeting, then at least uh, one day lading tweeting uh the magicians i know on the, the the thing of the internet that might as well not matter but fuck it we're gonna do it anyway uh we're gonna try and do that live actually uh live tweeting the musician the magicians so keep an eye on that at nerd pro quo uh on twitter as always if you have opinions if there are any listeners left out there after 200 episodes Please, please, please hit us up at NerdPorkWo on Twitter or NerdPorkWo at gmail.com. Let us know you're listening. Uh, leave a review on iTunes. Uh, if you like what we're doing, tell your friends. Tell your friends. Just tell, your, tell their friends. Spread the word. Uh, if you want to be on the show and you are nerd, it, like, honestly, at this point, I, I am sending, we are going to be having some, like, uh, cool guests that are going to be coming on in a new year. It's just, uh, a matter of scheduling, uh, as always, kind of restructuring everything 
as we went to just once a month, uh, ended up just being the three uh, hosts uh, and then occasionally a couple of my other friends coming in. We are going to be having some more uh, actual guests coming in, uh, actually probably some music guests that are going to be coming uh, in the new year, uh, probably a little later this year. Uh, that being said, if you have music and you want to be featured on the podcast, send that to us too at uh, nerdprocoa.gmail.com. Just anything you want. Uh, I would really like to know that there are people actually still listening to this now that we are into uh, episode 200. We're going to still doing it, do it, even if there are only three of you who are listening, and it's just the people who like put together this po- podcast, including myself, uh, just because it, it's still fun, so we're going to still do it. A uh, little shorter episode, uh, but that's because, like I said, there's going to be multiple, so it's basically uh, a normally like a two-hour or two-hour-plus episode that we're going to be squeezing uh, maybe about three hours of content into three different episodes. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Uh, yeah, episode number 200. Holy shit of the Nerd Proco podcast. Stay nerdy, y'all. Yes, yes, maybe. Hold on. Why am I not appearing? I'm not appearing. Oh, no, wait. Yes, I am. I'm all the way down there. Okay. Yeah, it's well. We're only doing this really once a month now, so it's just like I think it's just so we can stockpile stuff to talk. About. I mean, <laughs> the budget cuts are real. Yeah, I mean, I tried to do this once a week for a while, and it was just you know, and then and then I you know I started a real job, and now I run a business, and that's kind of taken up almost all of my <laughs> life. Yep. Yeah, life happens. Way. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we can't talk about nerdy shit, and there is a lot of nerdy shit to talk to talk about. Where do we even want to start? Well, uh, I'm going to start out with not on nerdy shit, just for some shit. Okay. Well, we're celebrating, I'm celebrating three anniversaries of my girlfriend's mom. Oh. Yeah. Yay. Three years? Yeah. Wow. Congrats, man. So I'm really happy about that. Congrats. I'm so happy for you. No, I'm, I'm actually happy for you. <laughs> 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 I'm just, I'm just, I, 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 I'm being fake, uh, bitter. I, I'm actually, I'm really happy for you. It's just, <laughs> I'm so happy for both of you and your wonderful relationships. No, I'm, yeah, I am actually really happy for you guys. Uh, yeah, like it's been a while. Where do we start? That we all, what show? I know. Uh, well, I think we should because there's definitely two things that even I have to talk about that I don't think Rich has even watched. Go for it. Go for it. Do we do we want to start there or do we want to end there? Let's end there. Let's end there. Okay. Uh, so I mean, we talked a little bit about Mandalorian, but can we can we take a do like a little bit of a deep dive? Oh, yeah. On Mandalorian because. Favreau needs to take charge of Disney. Yeah. Holding on to the, you know, 
people's nostalgia. And yeah. I think you, so Star Wars gets away from that. Yeah, it was underwhelming. Which is funny because, well, two things about that. The fact that, uh, like, I've come around to this, the fact that uh, Rise of Skywalker was so disappointing actually is the most Star Wars-y Star Wars of Star Wars because if you can, it, it is so much like the original original trilogy, except for the fact that Last Jedi is an empire. Uh, it's that you had, you know, a really great opener in Force Awakens. You had Last Jedi, which set up a bunch of really cool stuff. Uh, empire, same thing. And then once you got to Rise of Skywalker, it's just like, Oh, it's the equivalent of, well, we can't afford to have a Wookiee planet. Let's just have these little teddy bear things. Like, if you go back, like, Return of the... It is so Return of the Jedi. It's like a drop... The drop in quality. And don't get me wrong. I love Return of the Jedi. But, like, when you actually think about it, it's just a rehash of Star Wars. There's, like, a lot of the stuff in it is just not as good. Uh, especially with like Empire, you know, right after Empire and Rise of Skywalker is kind of the same thing, but you bring it back to Mandalorian. Mandalorian is the most old school Star Wars thing that has come out. Like it feels more like a new hope than anything else that has come out in my opinion. No, no, you never mentioned this. Yeah. It has to be. I think with the previous, with this past trilogy, it's like they don't know, they don't understand what the core of Star Wars is, and all they have to do is just like regurgitate the same old thing. Mm-hmm. Favreau understands and is able to expand. Yeah. You know, something we have yet to see uh, with you know other Star Wars uh, films and properties, and I feel that he gets it, and I would like more people yeah. running Disney. Like I, I will say, I will say that I'm gonna give J.J. Abrams the benefit of the doubt and say that he also gets it. I no, no, no. Hear no me he out. does. He hear, does. Hear me out. He, you know, he directed The Force Awakens, and when The Force Awakens, it, it's still my fa- my favorite Star Wars of the new, of the recent trilogy, and Force Awakens, I think, recaptured the essence of Star Wars at the time. But you we just established it's a carbon copy of the previous films. Of course well, no, it, it no, isn't. It isn't. That's, it, it, no, it, it's it, not. Aside, yes, he recycled some of the things and it did, did, so he can be heavy-handed with the fan service, but he did re- recapture the essence of Star Wars. And I think what happened with this latest film Rise Skywalker is that you, you you had basically Disney and the producers and and everyone else the bosses interfere with what he was trying to accomplish, and that's why there's rumors of a JJ cut of 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 Rise of Skywalker, which is a shame because you don't you should never have a director's cut of a Star Wars film. That, that to me is just like, if you have to resort to that, then you really messed up. You really screwed up. But I'm not going to blame JJ 
because uh, I think he, you know, a, a lot of people are, are, are hating on him and are blaming him. I think he just got caught up um, in, and also yeah, he got caught up with a lot of things, but he also publicly, publicly stated that Disney gave him much less time, much less production time for this last Star Wars than he had with Force Awakens. Force Awakens, they gave him plenty, they gave him everything that he needed to get Star Wars off the ground. But and in, then they, relatively speaking, left him alone. Yeah. Uh, I think, and I said this when we were talking about Rise of Skywalker, and we'll come back to Mandalorian, because there's a lot of stuff to talk about about Mandalorian, is uh, if you leave your cre- a creator who loves Star, like Star Wars, whatever it is, alone... They can do really interesting things, and I think the rise of Skywalker in and and I I think I like I said I think I said this on the last po- uh, podcast. How we got to rise of Skywalker being dis- disappointing wasn't the reaction. I mean, I, I think partially it was the reaction to the Last Jedi, but I think it started with what happened with Solo. Is there was uh. A, a a director who had a vision of solo about solo uh he clashed with the studio about what they wanted that movie to be and then they brought in they basically like i i might be wrong about this but they they basically like brought in Ron Howard to kind of finish the movie mm. and I was like that when I saw that I was like that was a bad sign for for solo but in hindsight it was a bad sign for Star Wars, the Star Wars movies in general, uh, because it meant that they were they were afraid to take risks. Mm-hmm. On top of that, I mean, you said there were problems with those films. I think it was a problem from get go because I've heard that the, my issue is that Ryan Johnson started something, J.J. Abrams just like took white out and just like yeah shoved that under the rug. The problem is that there was no clear direction as to how this shit would end. He yeah. started it. Yeah. But he was like, hey, let's get some other director <clears throat> to figure this out. I mean, yeah. I mean, he did come up with a vision of how it will begin, yeah. uh, how it develops, and how it will end. We wouldn't have a, I wouldn't have a problem, with, but the problem is Ryan Johnson said, oh, you started this, let me yeah. do this thing, and there's no consistency. What, what Star Wars was missing, the key player that was missing here is a Kevin Feige type that yes. the MCU has. Yeah. Because Kevin Feige, has a, he runs a tight, tight ship. He can have a plethora of different directors, but everything's inter- interwoven and everything has to go under his microscope. And Star for a while they had the, what, what was it, the, the, I forget what they called them, like the Wonder 7 or something like that. Which in the later films they dropped off and they stopped consulting them. What do you mean the Wonder Seven? There was like a, a group of Marvel comics writers and editors, uh, including Joe Casada and a couple other guys, who were advising on all of the films for a while. And then once they got things, I thought it was a bad sign when they got kind of kicked off, not kicked off, but kind of pushed away. But it wasn't because by the time they got pushed off, like pushed to the side, 
it had already been like almost 10 years and the MCU had established itself. So they didn't really need them anymore because they had created their own movie universe. Uh, and you didn't really have that with Star Wars or rather you did have that. And I will get to this in a moment because there has been another show that I've been watching uh, that that you didn't utilize any of them. Uh and one of the things, one of the reasons why I think Mandalorian was successful is because it was a television show, and they, John Favreau and Hello. and Taika and Hello. and a, and a, co- a couple of other people. Was it yeah, yeah, yeah. Was in yes, that? yes. Because um, that's what we need. People yeah. Who knows the expanded universe. Which, by the way, and they've done a good job. But but by by yeah by the way, there's a new season of Clone Wars coming out. And we're now way past the Clone Wars, but it's because that series. I've been. I, that's okay. We'll come back to Mandalorian in a minute. I've been watching Clone Wars, and of course, there's some stuff that you can't get past because George Lucas still kind of had a hand in it. So there's a bunch of prequel stuff, like some of like the aliens being really bad racial stereotypes. That's still in the show, but it's like to a certain extent. Some of that, like their high, their hands were a little tied. It's like, okay, we've already established that these people are this, so we can't now change completely change it and go a different direction. So yeah, the 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 trade federation people are still really bad Asian stereotypes. Uh, a couple of the aliens, they chose a certain accent, and they're clearly like an alien race that is a representative of a certain cultural or ethnic things, and they're all kind of a little bit questionable ethnic stereotypes. But, I mean, and Clone Wars is definitely directed at a, a much younger audience than any of, than maybe, with the exception of Phantom Menace, any of the movies are. But it's, yeah, it's really good. Storytelling, storytelling, uh, and we'll come back to Clone Wars in a minute. I don't talk about it, but Mandalorian. Sorry, I keep going off on these tangents. The fact that it's just like you just need like a strong person who is heavy-handed in terms of a vision for the franchises and the quality, and making sure that all of the little things that make Star Wars great is being reinforced in every property, whether it be a TV show, movie. Like I've heard about things from from books, comics that a lot of company, you know, Star Wars fans like, Dark Saber and all that stuff. But to <coughs> see that really being pushed into the big screen or in TV, I never thought I'd see that. But you guys, we see guys or people with vision who think that hey, people like to see this. This is something new. We even though hardcore nerds know about this shit in the books and comics. But they've never seen that on the big screen. Let's introduce that. We need leaders in Disney to push for that. I mean, I think Mandalorian yeah. was a risk, but I also think that as far as like as far as well, no, 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 no. I just mean as being like their flagship first original series. That's what made it kind of a risk. What didn't make it a risk is that, and what makes it. Easier, I think. I mean, we are kind of shitting on the movies a little bit, but I also think you have to understand that... Deservedly, yes. But you have to understand that they got to, for the show, even before... They got to plan out that whole series because it was going to be... Like, they... It was released week to week, but they were ostensibly done with it 
before it was, you know, most of the episodes before it was, re- I'm sure they were doing some post-production stuff, but they released it week to week. And I'm sure they had that whole first season arc planned out and storyboarded, like, which is an advantage. I don't, I don't, I'm sure, but, but, but that's the thing. That's the difference is, and also Disney plus as, as many, you know, subscribers as, as it is, it's still not as large as an audience that you have to appeal to as releasing the movies. And also the 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 what you have to make back and all of the different reactions, it's such a larger scale and risk for the movies than it is for the TV shows. Well, yeah, when you when you look at the pro- Which is why which is the why production. the movies are so much safer. Which is why another reason why I think Rise of Skywalker was so much safer. And Mandalorian, they took a lot of chances because they they didn't have to. They didn't have to go set, play it safe. And also because like smaller characters, there's characters no one's ever heard of. Mm. I mean, we know what a. I mean, uh, I I would argue that mo- a lot of the people who've seen the movies don't even know what a Mandalorian is. So the series literally had to teach you that. Yeah, like, Favreau knows what sells. Yeah. Baby fucking Yoda uh-huh. and keeping that shit under wraps. To be honest, in our age, to keep that shit under wraps and not having that shit leak. That's amazing. Yeah, he knows Star Wars, but he also knows money. And that shit. Not, Yoda, I mean, I have a baby Yoda little keychain. Yeah. Because he's fucking cute. And also, Favreau, uh, not for nothing, has now, since 2008, been cutting his teeth both on working with a huge budget uh, with the Marvel stuff. And working within the Marvel stuff. And also going back and making his own little things. Chef is fucking great. You know, I, Chef I is a I, great movie. I need to see it. That, that is basically, it's not, it, it's basically he took, it's him and the guy who was the actual like food advisor on Chef. And they said, hey, we had so much fun doing this. Why don't we pitch this as a show that's just like an act, just a real cooking show where John Favreau is just John Favreau, not the character he plays in the movie? And the guy, the I forget what his name is, something Choi, he's a Korean cook, uh, who's like the food advisor, is like the food advisor on the show. And then John Favreau basically does the same thing he does in Chef, which is like all of his famous friends come on the show, and then they go and they cook stuff or they go visit places, and it's just like, yeah. <laughs> You you had a re- you had a really good time and you made a really good movie about cooking, mm-hmm. and it's just like, and then you thought, hey, let's do a show that is basically the same thing except it's not fictional. It's like, yeah, of course that's gonna fucking work. Like, it's a no brainer. Like, yeah, and like I said, he spent you know first Iron Man, second Iron Man, even before Iron Man, I've I have sung the praises, even though it's not a great movie, it's a fun movie of Sathura, which was him like. Oh, yeah. That was pre-Iron Man, and it was it was basically him proving that I can do an action like space kind of adventure thing, uh, with a bigger a bigger budget than as any of the other movies that he'd done since then. Uh, yeah. So, I it doesn't surprise me at all. The Mandalorian was as good as it was because he just he had. <clears throat> he, can we talk about that finale though? <laughs> Dude, the opener. I'm still like when I saw. 
we were okay. The three of us were texting each other. It's when, troops. When, it's when, fucking troops. When <laughs> when the, the episode eight came out. Well, to be fair, that was Taika. Uh, yeah. That was all Taika. And also the the first five minutes, and I'm like, I I'm just it just it just and the fact me. that it's uh who is it the two uh, it's Jason Sudeikis and. I I am I forget what hold on, yeah and that's another thing it's just like, let's just have two comedy guys play stormtroopers and have a that's another see that's a a perfect example of the difference between the show and the movies mm-hmm. they could never ever 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 get away with a scene like that in the movies. They would never let them. They would never let can't them. Say that. Yes, I can. They would maybe never let them get away with that. Maybe under like George Lucas or maybe a Kathleen Kennedy, but you don't know if another person who has an idea. They would let here's here's the thing. I just I disagree. Here's I the disagree. thing with the films, though. At this day and age, and with a mega mega Adam company, Pally. it's Adam Pally. Okay, Adam Pally and Jason Sudeikis were the two troopers. A mega company like Disney, they the re, part of the reason why the films are lackluster from our standpoint is that back okay back in, in the original trilogy and even the to an extent the prequel t- trilogy these those films were produced filmed produced for a north american audience nowadays when you have when disney produces something they want to make it palatable for the mass audience audience globally and i think that that's where the challenge comes in but how would that opening scene not be or like that type of humor it's clean not dirty how would that not be palatable because there are minor characters and no one here's what that's why they're minor characters, yeah. and you cannot do that in a movie. You can't, mm-hmm. and not not in a movie that's Star Wars. Not in a not yeah. That's the thing. Like you could get away with it in a movie. I don't. I don't even think you could get away with it really in in something like the Marvel movies. Uh, uh, someone has an idea let's change things up and it's a disney property and it worked out but 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 are there two minor characters who are henchmen who are talking basically about how crappy their job is in the middle of thor ragnarok no there are not no but korg is a korg (laughs) is a main character yes he is he's a main But he's a big enough. He's a big enough. He's not a. Hen, he's not a henchman. He's not a henchman he's to someone. Like, he's comedy relief. Yes, he's yeah. comedy relief. But he is. A, he is an actual character who shows up repeatedly in the movie. I don't know. I think someone who could be. I, it does not have to be stormtroopers. I get that. Yeah. But just bring some levity, some lightheartedness. Lightheartedness. Oh, like, 
like a change yeah. curveball. Yeah. That's what you, you could do some curveball. I did not see You that. could do you could do some lightheartedness in the films, but my point is you couldn't do a char- you couldn't do that in a franchise as big as Star Wars where you have two characters who are essentially because too many people we would love it but the majority of the movie going audience would literally unless it was amazingly funny even if it was amazingly funny would be like why the fuck are we why is this happening why the fuck is this even on screen yeah. and, and that's, that's the difference that's you can get away with that in a show in a tv show you might show. even be able to get away with it cuz it's the first 5 minutes yeah but i see where you know i see what jamie's saying and that's and and i mean that respectfully for all cultures worldwide but the reality is that different cultures have different sense, a different sense of humor, varying senses of humor, and different interpretations for certain content, and, I, and that's why movies like Transformers that are just mindless, you know. Oh my are, God, we they, have to talk about something though. Yeah, a little I know bit later. what you want to talk about. We'll get to that because <laughs> yeah. I do want to see that. Yeah. Um, you know, and they, they do so well globally, you know, they do so well globally because it's just it's like, you know, it's, it's crazy, mindless action that is universal. It's a for- yes, it, they, some movies have formulas, but I think what I'm missing with these Star Wars films is just like, it's not exciting. It's not making me, I went in uh, for the, whatever the last Star Wars movie was. Just because I asked. I, I went, I, I did Not too. I did too. Sense of excitement. Oh my gosh, how is this going to end? I knew I was going to get disappointed, and I was disappointed. What and I the more you find out about that movie, the stuff that they actually, like, there was things that, like, were planned. Uh, there's a whole Finn thing that got completely dropped out of the movie. Yeah, there was a lot of cutting. <laughs> um... In terms of what him be either being gay or him uh, being a force. He's force. There's a whole. There's apparently like a whole subplot. There's a whole subplot about that. that. Movie was just too many characters. Yeah. Too many. If you just focus on the main, the core characters. Yeah. Which, which, by the way, there's gonna be a Finn and Poe TV show, and there's not going to him. Okay. Okay, that's. Did you? Which one? Uh. Boyega, or that's that's a that's a mistake. Um, um, did you read about the leaked uh, screenplay for for what is now known as the Rise of Skywalker? Yes, that but was by James. No, not James. I, I want. Why do I want to say James Mangold? No, Ryan Johnson. He had written the screenplay for uh, the third, for episode nine. First of all, it wasn't going to be called Rise of Skywalker. Of course it wasn't. It was, it was going to be called Duel of Fates. That's a kick-ass title. Yes. It's a, and I didn't, I didn't also come... Also an, in, an interesting little nod to, the clo- to, to, to Clone Wars, yeah, <laughs> to, to, the, to Phantom Menace. That was the best thing that happened. And I didn't read the the league screenplay yet, but what the, what I'm getting is that it's. Ryan Johnson had ideas. Yeah. They were just too. 
I have newfound respect for this director after after seeing Knives Out, which we can get to. I need but to see that. holy, get on that! But the thing is, that's what it's like. I it, I know it was polarizing what Ryan Johnson was doing. Yeah, but it was a departure. There I were ideas. There were ideas in there. Uh, so just so many. Uh, number one, uh, the so Mandalorian expanding on the Mandalorians. Okay. I was expecting, oh, he's alive, all right. But when I saw that fucking black saber, because I never, I, I saw... That's the thing. It's not, it's, it's, it's not a saber. It's not a saber. It's a, it's a lightsaber. It's not a lightsaber. Yeah, whatever it is, Wait, it's a lightsaber. at the end of Mandalorian? Yeah, his thing is a lightsaber. Yeah, it was, it seemed like poor CG, honestly. It's not a lightsaber. <laughs> no, it is a lightsaber because it was the only lightsaber created by the uh, Mandalorian who was a Jedi. It is a lightsaber. It's not a lightsaber. It's a, it's a, it is, if you look, that's the thing. Has, I thought it, it was, I thought it was a lightsaber, but it might, it might have a crystal in it, but it, it isn't. Uh, there are a couple things that are in my mind a giveaway of why because uh, there are things in the extended universe that look like that that aren't lightsabers, uh, that are like a sword, but it's not a lightsaber. It's like a sword that has an energy field looks, around it. It looks irregular if for you, a lightsaber. If you look at it, I know it's it's a sword that has a it's an actual like sword because it's shaped more like a sword, not like a right. lightsaber. Right, right, right. It I is. Because it was pulled directly from Filoni's Clone Wars. Okay. It was meant. It is a lightsaber. They just style it differently because it was a Mandalorian who became a Jedi who wanted a unique looking lightsaber. It's, I know it's a lot shorter than the typical lightsaber. It also doesn't make the noise. Yeah. But that being said, I was like having a couple, a couple, a couple, a couple things about. Just comparing it to the movie, that last, uh, there were action sequence wise. Uh, so, just action sequence wise, the fucking uh, the jetpack, the, jet uh, the scene where he leaps onto the Tie Fighter is yeah. co- cooler than anything in any of the trilogy. The fact that uh, the arrival of oh god, what is the actor's name? Um, from uh, Breaking Bad, Esposito. Oh, Giancarlo. Giancarlo Esposito. Number one, you have him already kind of because if you say yeah, yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Is so how you can have a a bunch of stormtroopers uh, arriving on a planet and have the arrival not of a Death Star, not of a like a super space station, which is what they would have done in a movie. The arrival of a single TIE fighter and having Giancarlo Esposito get out, having a villain entrance that is not only cooler, even on a... It's just a single TIE fighter Mm -hmm. landing, and it feels more epic and more of like, this is a fucking villain arriving than anything they've done in... They did in the movies. Like This was... What I saw from that scene was just like oh this is how you take you pay homage to the earlier shit him he was just oozing vader presence 
that's how you, you don't make a guy with a dumbass mask. You just have like certain scenes that the long black cape that was just and also he just he just the cape and just like there's a scene that they said earlier about him killing people uh he's just like (laughs) killing random yeah (laughs) he's Uh, just uh, it's uh, both hilarious and a great way to set up that like oh god this guy is crazy like uh, and also the fact that uh i forget exactly what he says to them when he's explaining yeah like their options yeah like basically whether they're gonna leave he's like i don't care what happens to you he's like and the fact that he you they've been alluding the entire time to what happened to uh you you learn his real name by the way the mandalorian's name i forget what it is dylan dr or something like that uh you keep seeing these flashbacks to when he's a kid and his parents being killed and then you get the whole scene which is awesome because of the all the fucking Mandalorians landing with the jetpacks and then like one of them picking up him and flying away, mm. and then they parallel that with him picking up the little baby Yoda and flying off with the baby Yoda. Perfect, like that's just good fucking storytelling in that episode. Like having an arc that where it begins the same and uh, then expanding it by having the villain is the one who shows up and knows who he is. And knows his real name. And the reason why he knows it is because he was there and is the one that murdered his parents. And that's when he shows up why... Uh, I wish I could remember what his name is. I feel bad now. Like his actual name. It's D.D. something. Oh, and he says, he's like, no, I know who that is. He's like, because he was there. Uh, and that's just... Again, like, it's just like storytelling. Like fucking 101. Yeah. It's just like, have your villain be connected in a really smart way to who your main character is. And can we just talk about this, this next to last episode in the last episode, how we had a whole little mini story about how the fucking assassin droid has been reprogrammed. Oh, nurse and protect. Yeah. To nurse and protect. And then he just, he just hops on the speeder and just does the, again, parallels, parallel. Pa- the parallel. See his growth. The Mandalorian who hated droids. Hated that droid. That droid well, specifically. That droid yes. specifically. Yeah. Allow it and just feeling bad that he's about mm-hmm. to sacrifice himself for the group. Mm-hmm. Like, that was uh, also, another thing of making you feel bad for a droid, uh, and the fact that you also have a repeat of the scene from the first episode where the IG unit does the whole gun thing, but he does it in this. But on top of that, he's doing the same thing he did in the first episode, but now he's on top of a speeder and the context is completely different. He's not killing a bunch of dudes because he's trying to get to baby Yoda to kill him. He's killing all these stormtroopers so he can protect baby Yoda. Just like that again, fucking great storytelling. (laughs) I like the part where he's going to, he's about to take off. He's asking him, he's asking Mandalorian to take off his helmet and he tells him, well, no living, no living being has ever uh, seen my helmet or will ever see my helmet, will will ever see my face. And he responds with, I'm not a living thing. Yeah. That was good. Um, yeah, and you really- finally see, see his face, which is like, yeah, that's cool. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> what's it? Fucking Carl Weathers. Dude, a magic hand. <laughs> I, 
Every time the Yoda, the little baby Yoda uses the force for a little bit, and then he just basically passes out, just like... Also, a cooler way to use the... A mo- like a epic moment of someone using the force that is still also better than anyone using the force in in fucking movies. Like, and the fact that it's just baby, and the fact that he just kind of like keels over, and he's a practical effect, like a little miniature yeah. practical effect. That being said, there, I, I, I just, I think the series overall, the season, was not perfect, and no. there were, there are parts of it where it's a little, episodes, it's a little slow. Yeah, yeah there are parts a, no, of it's a little, little sloppy. Um, thankfully, not all the episodes, but there are some. Like I think episode five, some of the episode five i think it is where it's just like some of the acting is just not very good at all uh and then the episode with bill burr uh i didn't care for that episode well so some of that some of that you know predator a little horror some of that is those episodes are the kind of stuff you do in a tv show where it's just like it's a mission of the week it just felt like a, it kind of. Felt there were there are two or there are two or three episodes that are mission of the week, yeah. but I appreciate those. For I will say they're not as good episodes, but they do certain things where they establish uh, the arc of his character, the main character. That being said, even in the slower episodes, the not as good episodes like that one, I have to say. Just the f- having Bill Burr in it, and the fact that he, did. I love, I love that they've thrown in like comedians and co- comic actors, like the fact I in one of the episodes, but they're huge Star Wars fans. Uh, Brian Posehn is a giant Star Wars fan, and the fact that he shows up as like a a like a taxi driver in it is amazing. The fact that fucking when he goes to the planet and he needs to get his ship fixed, that's Amy Sedaris, who plays the mechanic. That's Amy Sedaris. Yeah, it's just full of random ass comedy people. And then the capper is just Bill Burr because just hit the way he... It's basically a dude with a Boston accent in, in space is, is what that is. And what is it? It's, uh, I'm, uh, I don't have a blaster, you dick, or some, some, some just really prototypical... No, I'm not a, I'm not a, I wasn't a stormtrooper. That was his thing. Yeah. It's like, I wasn't a stormtrooper, man. I was an assassin or some shit like that. He was being insulted that he was going to be compared to a freaking and, and, and it was the first time in a Star Wars that someone has used the word dick. And of course it came out of Bill Burr's mouth. Uh, and of course is is just... Again, like I said, it's it's he's not a great character in it. It's not a great episode. But the just just hearing him say Star Wars stuff is fucking so funny. Going back to where you're saying how you da, felt da, da. you weren't that impressed with, that, uh, with this episode. I felt that it was necessary because you know that he had a dark past. You know, obviously he's a bounty hunter. You, you need to see the dark underbelly of Star Wars. You got to see that with some of these characters. We definitely didn't see that with solo films because it was definitely clean cut. But at least you got like 
these dirty characters yeah, who can backstab true. each other. I thought that for me it was like, oh, this is how a dirty looking Star Wars mm-hmm. uh, environment would look like, and I thought that was necessary. Uh, and also, just there's something about also just this little like the Star Wars nerd details is the fact that you find out that uh, not only during the purge which was order 666 it's like not only did they they go and hunt down all the jedi but they went and hunted down hunted down all the mandalorians because the mandalorians are are almost are almost as dangerous to the empire if they're like as a group and they would not because because they're they are the uh, for all intents and purposes like they have a code uh, this is the way, uh, but they're like they're the amoral, not like bad. They're not the Sith, but they're they're basically the Jedi without like this whole like moral thing that we have to do good. They're just as much of like a religious order, though. They're a warrior cast and loyal to each other. And loyal to each well, other. That's what it ex- established on the on in the final episode that they. What? How do they explain their their? No, no, no! But they're 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 not a. It's they're not. A they're not a. They're a they, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, yes, they're not a people. They're a creed. So it's not like you're born as a Mandalorian. You grew up believing in their ideals. Yeah. That's what makes you a Mandalorian? Yeah. Uh, also, just the 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 fact that you have. Uh, well, two, and we'll get to the more major female character, but like the the uh, the blacksmith Mandalorian, like they just give her like a thing where to, oh, where she just that beats the sad. shit out. That was <laughs> yeah, brutal, yeah. Man. That shit that hurt. It's like it hurts watching. You just see pieces of helmet just flying yeah. off. Again, things that they wouldn't... I don't think they would ever... There's stuff that's funnier and also darker than anything. As, like, quote-unquote dark as Rise of Skywalker was supposed to be, there's stuff in the series that is much darker. You mean mean the fight scene where she destroys the... Yeah, absolutely. That scene, you will never see that in the films. In in, In the films as they are today or recently, you'll never see that. I, when I saw that scene, I I was blown away. The budget isn't as high, but I felt that it's just like keeping it like not polished with the whole yeah. Because it's supposed to be gritty. It's, it's Star like, Wars. It's, it's, it's a it's a space and western. It fits, and it fits her her people and their fighting style. Yeah. I, I really uh, also, the fact just Gina Carano throughout the entire series. I just love Gina Carano so much. Uh, also, just not a throwaway character. no. She's like she's a shock trooper, and she can hold her own. And on top of that, she's like a great person. It's like I'm glad that they did not set her up as a romantic interest. Yes, she's just a legit. Uh, she's part of the team. She's also her when he leaves. She's her own character, and I love how when they bring her back, she's essentially in an octagon match. Like the Star Wars version of an octagon match. Yeah. I was just like, "That's just you. You know who you cast." I <laughs> like as I was watching her. I I really thought that she was somehow related to Pedro Pascal in real life. She can. She does look like she could be his sister. She has his face. Yeah. 
She's pretty. I'm not saying she's know. ugly. I don't know if he's ugly. He's handsome, but yeah. She, she just shared a lot of his facial features. I'm like, I wonder if they're really related. But then I looked at the credits. I guess not. But and, and also, there's certain things like when they're out with Carl Weather. By the way, Carl, just check. A lot of the so like the fucking the the, the the fucking the fucking casting in this is like so great. Uh, Carl Weathers, Pedro Pascal, Gina Carano, Giancarlo Esposito, fucking uh, Dan and I were joking about every time that fucking Werner Herzog comes on stream. It's just. <laughs> Uh, what it, 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 I forget what the line was. It was just like, I want to see the baby. It was just like, just some line. It was like, that's so fucking creepy. <laughs> In that accent. He he wants his, he's like, it, it's something like, show me the baby. But in that accent, it yep. just sounds so... It's just, oh. So that is just, every time he opens his mouth, it's just like, oh, it's perfect that you cast him. Uh... Carl Weathers is great. Even Nick Nolte, like, it, just a weird, a weird piece of, uh, like, stunt casting. I will say what's really interesting about that character specifically and is really a nod to, like, just stuff that you wouldn't remember uh, is, so he says, like, I paid my dues with the Empire uh, working right. with his hands. Yeah. So if you don't, Remember this, when they're in Cloud City uh, and C-3PO gets kidnapped, the people who are working on C-3PO, the aliens, yeah, in like that little work room, those are his people. Which film is this? This is an empire. Okay. Uh, they, when 3PO, when they're in Cloud City... Uh-huh. And uh, and I think they I think they show up on in one of the Death okay. Star in the Death Star scenes too in Jedi and we're yeah. talking to Jedi when three PO gets kidnapped and they're like taking him apart and you see that there are all these other droids that are being taken apart and put right. back together the little dudes yeah. who are working with all the droids the character that Nick Nolte plays. The a type of alien that he plays mm -hmm. are those aliens, oh, interesting. which means that those aliens. I'm sure they have a name. I haven't. I haven't looked this up, but it means that those aliens are specifically known for like working with their hands and engineering, mm -hmm. and the fact like only someone like I, I I didn't even realize that until way later. And he starts to talk about the empire, like working for the empire. I was like, oh shit! I remember there was a group of those dudes in like. The Empire Strikes Back, who were literally doing what he's saying they were doing. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I was just like, that's a nod. That's like one of those deep cut, like, <laughs> you would have to remember that they were in Empire. I didn't even, and I've, I'm like a super Star Wars nerd. I didn't even remember that they were in Empire until he started to say that. I was like, oh, shit. He's part of that race that was an Empire. Yes. Yeah, they want to do... They wanted to build the whole Spider-Man Rose Gallery of movies. Everywhere. Yeah, only it's someone who well. knew, that's, that's, like, that yeah, was a nod Sony, to, Sony you would have to remember that. Like, and that means that the creators knew that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm sure there's more that, I'm sure there's a lot more that I missed. Yeah. No, it's very rich in... There's probably shit from Rebels in Mandalorian that I don't, because I haven't watched Rebels yet. I wasn't aware of this, but the big container that Herzog's character uses 
Yeah. yeah. Like, apparently that object was also in Epic Empire Strikes Back. There was like this online joke saying that this was like space ice cream maker, uh, and he purposely used that to pay on the, uh, the Mandalorian. So apparently he does reveal something like that. Like deep cut shit from the movies. Yeah. So just uh, and then I, I think I want to take a little break because I think the dough for the crumb the coffee cake Still is looks done. better than X Men. Often, so we'll take a tiny break uh, after this. I've been watching Clone Wars, and Clone Wars. I mean, it has the problem that it's Clone Wars, so it has to deal with some of the problematic stuff that uh, you have in the prequels, which is that a, a lot of the alien species are weird. Under kind of like under pro problematic ethnic stereotypes. That's one thing. Hmm? But the one thing that yeah. Clone Wars does really no, no. well no. that you wouldn't expect is like, number like one, it makes you care about a character who just shows up super briefly and gets killed in like Revenge of the Sith, which is uh, Ahsoka Tono, who was Anakin Skywalker's Padme, Padme, not Padme, uh, Padawan. She's all she's in Clone Wars a lot, uh, and you get to really care for her character. You also get to care for a lot of the Jedi masters that you only see, and their different personalities and how they're all different uh, in ways that you you just see them for like a brief moment in the movies. The other thing that's really interesting is they, even though they all have the same voice actor, and they're all no. There, well, none of them are in it. It's different voice actors. It's, it's a guy impersonating Hayden Christensen. It's a guy impersonating Ewan McGregor. Oh, it's there. There we go. Uh, and they're all really good. Is it actually makes you? It differentiates the clone troopers. And Cody, who shows up in Revenge of the Sith, he actually Obi Wan refers to him by name. Cody is actually a major character in Clone Wars. He's one of the clone troopers. He becomes like a like a commander in it and it makes you it makes you care about the clone troopers which is also like why would you care and there's a lot of stuff that again it's just like mandalorian it's just a bunch of people who really care about star wars and they're like expanding the universe but in uh what's the word for it not in continuum what's the continuity but the canon it's all canon clone wars is canon yeah uh, and it expands the and universe so much. I've been back on that is because a few things. I've always been, I always liked Darth Maul when it was introduced. They did a good job in terms of expanding his character. Yeah. I haven't gotten to it, but there's a lot of Darth Maul in Clone Wars. And just like... And in Rebels. No, it's just a lot of, there's a lot of Darth Maul in, in Rebels. And what they do with Anakin, where he's like... Oh, and, and, and the, the Black Widow. He's impulsive. You, you like Yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. And you get a lot about Gener General Grievous and, like, who General Grievous actually was. Like, he's apparently it was, like, this weird, like, warrior assassin that had an entire, yeah. like, Temple, yeah. like temple, before he became like the robot. General uh, Grievous was like this 
like famous like assassin that has literally like a temple erected to him and has a bunch of like fucking statues of him when he was not a robot. And it's yeah, it's it's really good. Okay, let's pause so I can make some cake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited about that. Just, and and the, the female cast is amazing. Margot Robbie, uh, uh, is that not? Is it Alfredina? It's not Alfredina. No, no. It's some it's, other. I don't know the actress. I feel really bad. I She's just very that. young, maybe an uh, up and coming yeah. actor. Uh, Rosie Perez. Yeah. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, mm-hmm. actress, which I'm just like awesome. And we'll make sure your hands are visible. <laughs> Behave. Come on, <laughs> dude. I'm not nearly as bad as you imply that I am. You, you are really, really obsessed with that actress. You're I, like Scott you're Pilgrim. you're you're, 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 you're obsessed. I will say that that like. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I one of the only reasons I, I was willing to see Gemini, Gemini Man was because she was in it. Gemini Man is terrible. Uh, Told you. It's an angry. Oh god, it's just so there are so many reasons why that movie should have been good, and that movie was not good at all. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, the the woman's playing Black Canary. I know too. I'm just not. I can't think of her name either. Uh, but yeah, just cool cast. Again, like side characters. Uh, taking the most su- successful character from Suicide Squad, which they're making another one too. It's just like, hey, whatever. Uh, so yeah, uh, Oscar. So yeah, this is around the time of year I where. Don't care. I gotta be quiet. Well, I you know I always want I I I I want to see how how I'm always curious to see. Uh, how much of it is hype and how much of it is real substance and yeah. and who the contenders are. Um, it, it's it. I mean, 2019 was a very good year for film. Yes. It's it's it. it they had major, long-running theater releases. Yeah. Movies or not. But uh, it just seems to be it seems to be a, a a pattern where every year that ends in nine is a has been a very good year for film. Um, 2019 was no exception. So um, we talked about Irishman. We talked about um, what else? We, yeah, we went over a few movies already. I did see um, Marriage Story, and I, I, I need to watch that. I heard good things. Yes, the it is amazing. Yeah. It's 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 a. <laughs> Adam Dry. I'm very, I'm very pleased that they chose Adam Driver and they chose um, Scarlett Johansson as the leads because it's, it's, it's a, you know, they remember that they're both great actors. Yes. Yeah, you get, you're reminded that they're great actors for sure. And it's like every once in a while, Nicolas Cage is in something, you get. I picked that up, so I think I, we, we just missed that I mentioned that Nicolas Cage can be a good actor when he wants to be. He is, he, by the way, he is endless, on a weird tangent, he is endlessly like fascinating. Oh, for sure. Just yeah. as an actor and as a person, just like, 
there are things that, like there because I've seen them in a handful of movies that are just terrible, like recent ones. But there's something about him and the way that no matter how, like a perfect example of him just like being peak him is in Kick Ass, where he plays mm-hmm. like his dad. Mm-hmm. When he when it works, him going like crazy shit balls into a character is amazing. Sometimes it's amazingly terrible. But I would argue, and I don't I'm not the only one who I think has made this argument, that even when it's terrible, sometimes it's amazingly terrible. Oh yeah. Like both Ghost Rider movies are amazingly awful. <laughs> yeah, I but never he, I never even bothered. He's so hilariously like the move, those movies are terrible, but he is a. There's something of again. It, he has a quality. He's one of those dudes that's just on screen, even when he's terrible. Yeah. It's just like it's just like I, I can't I I can't stop watching him. Mm-hmm. I I definitely could stop watching this movie, but there's <laughs> something just about him. <laughs> um, I I'm just looking at this. Wait, Jojo Rabbit is actually in a running for Best Picture. Yes, that's a surprise. I'm. It's a great movie. I just didn't think. I didn't think it would be for necessarily for Best Picture. I thought definitely for like script. Oh, I was surprised by that. And Parasite was in it. Parasite. Yeah. I mean, all the I I the two the two movies that I've seen by him. Granted, they're both very similar to each other. No, they're not. Uh, they just both happen to have major characters who are CG monsters, essentially. Are amazing. Uh, the host is amazing. Uh, fucking Okja is incredible. Uh, Okja should have been nominated for an Oscar the year it came out. Uh, the unprecedented thing, actually, about Parasite is it is being nominated for Best Picture. Yes. No. Not best foreign. No, no. Yeah, yeah. it's being nominated for best picture. Best picture. Which is, it, it's the, I think it's one of the first times that mm-hmm. a foreign language foreign film has been nominated for best picture. If I don't know if that's ever happened before. No, I don't think so. But um, I haven't seen Snowpiercer. I've heard Snowpiercer is amazing too. What? It's the same guy who did Snowpiercer. You haven't seen that? Uh, yeah. yeah, I. He, all of his movies are in like a different genre, and they're all amazing. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. You I haven't have to. Yeah, I haven't no, seriously, <laughs> I thought you saw that shit. Well, no, you have to watch that. It is right up your alley. Um, and then I remember you mentioning a while ago about like Oscar problems. I also like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is nominated for a lot. Of yeah, movies. you mentioned that Oscar love. You know, celebrating themselves or oh yeah yeah will it yeah. win? Here, I don't know. I don't think it's I. He might win. It, just doubtful. It's, it's no. He might win just because it's his time. Uh, hmm. I will. I will say. Who are you talking about? Tarantino. Really? You think he could win? Yes. For be- oh, he might win for best director. Yes. He will win for best director, and they'll give best picture to Scorsese. That sounds about right. That could happen. Uh, 
because Once Upon a Time was that good? Yeah, okay. No. no, wait, wait, wait. Let me get to that. Let me get to that. I so, love that. I've grown, I, that movie's, I have, yes. I have huge problems no, with but, aspects of that movie. Yeah. But it's fucking grown but up. But it, yes. It, that, that's, okay. So before I get to that, let me just finish up with Marriage Story. Marriage Story, um, there's, there's really little to complain about. There's nothing to complain about. It's, it's, um, it's a it's a true flawless it's a it's a flawless film um and it the concept is very simple it it covers uh, a marriage that is coming to an end but it it doesn't take any sides and it just shows what both um both people are going through and and it's it's not cliche and the but the performances are just astounding, um, at, you know. Adam Driver. The, there's like the scene everybody's talking about is is there's a reason for it. There's this climactic scene in this film that just made my jaw dropped. Like that 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 was captured on film. That that was actually acting uh, was was remarkable. So I, I give kudos to the to Netflix for and. For putting t- and, and Noah Baumbach for directing something like that, very good film. Definitely I mean, recommend it, it. It's way in Noah Baumbach's wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's sort of semi autobiographical in in some ways. I will say the reason why I'm hesitant to see uh, Marriage Story is I'm sure it's very different. But have either of you ever seen Blue Valentine? A lot of people are comparing it to that. Uh, I have not seen it. Blue Valentine is an amazing film. Uh, And it is... uh, uh, What's his name? Beautiful Man. Who everyone thinks is beautiful. Be more specific. Brad Pitt. Idris Ale. Oh, Ryan Gosling? It's Ryan Gosling. Really? It's just... I just made a real face. (laughs) I don't actually think, I I, I, I get it. I don't actually think he's that attractive, but I get why, I get why people say that. Um, Hey girl. And, uh, God, I'm being horrible with names right now. It's Ryan Gosling and what's her name from Dawson's Creek who grew, who ended up being a fantastic actress. Be more, wait, wait. I don't know. Not Katie Holmes. Because I, oh, I know yeah, you're not face. talking about her. Duckface. Duckface? What? Oh, I, can't, I feel really bad. I can't remember. Um, Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams is an amazing actress. Uh, yeah. They're both incredible in that. She is just, mm-hmm. in general, like, uh, she's... Inc- yeah, the problem with Blue Valentine is it is about the slow, just destruction of a relationship and a marriage mm. and it's kind of starts with this beginning of the end of the relationship and then goes back yeah well marriage story is in just kind of slowly see them disintegrate as a couple yeah and it's, oh God. It's, Ma- it's an amazing movie but it's just yeah marriage story doesn't so marriage story isn't exactly like that it doesn't show the the gradual disintegration of a marriage it shows just the divorce process. Like, you, there's some backstory, but it, 
it focuses on two people who are going through a divorce and the just the process that goes through it's sad of course but um definitely worthwhile um but i watched once upon a time you, whole you guys whole were thought. okay hold a thought i watched joker again okay i appreciated seeing it a second time um i'm going to say that Joaquin Phoenix's performance was was, a, was pretty ex- extraordinary. He's gonna win. He's, He's gonna, gonna win. win. But the uh, here again, I I saw it twice in the theater. I will say that uh, again. I will I will go back to what my simple like review of that is. Is that he's extraordinary. The movie is not. But uh, the, the movie is important. I think. But okay, okay. I'll, I'll get. I I hundred percent agree. I. Personally, I don't think that the movie makes the cut to win Best Picture. I think that he makes the cut as to win Best Actor. Yes. But some, I don't know, because I've seen the way things play out at the Academy. You don't think they'll give it to him? No, I actually think there's a good chance they'll give it to Joker for Best Picture. Oh, your issue is not for best actor; it's be- for best picture. Correct. Yeah. And not once upon a time. We'll I'll get to that later. But yeah. I, I, my issue is that I, I don't think that Joker makes it. I think there are better films that are being nominated. Yes. I think there are films that are in the con- in con- in contention for best picture that are better films. Yes. Than Joker, but because I've I. I've seen how the Academy works. I I have a feeling they're gonna give it to Joker. Really? I'm not in agreement with this. Uh, I for best actor, think, I just don't think it's because it's a comic book movie. I don't think, not because I hate it. I just don't think that they look at those movies with respect. I I I, I just assume that they're a bunch of they're filled with a bunch of Scorsese's that yeah, look down but on it's these also films gonna make, and would not respect but it, it. If they give it to Joker it's going to be historic because it'll be the first comic book f- movie that wins best picture. Also also uh, they might give it one if it doesn't win best picture and it doesn't win there are a couple reasons why. There's one reason why he might not win for Best Actor. And the one reason is because they've already awarded an actor posthumously for playing the Joker. Heath Ledger. In Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Best Supporting Actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the reasons that might rule him out for Best Actor. For Best Picture, I'd say yes, but... It's a. It is. It is the dark horse. Wild Wait, card. best. Heath Ledger got it for what? Best lead or best supporting? Best supporting. Best supporting actor. Yes. Uh, I really do think best picture is gonna go to the Irishman, but not best director. Uh, I think best director is gonna go to to Tarantino. To Tarantino, mm. and I think Taika is probably gonna end. That it's that could be, that could be. I think. I think for best actor. Best picture is a really weird. It's a very. It's, it's very tight. It's very tight. Incredible films and very, very, very different. 
Yeah. I personally, I think Adam Driver is m- more deserving of sure. the award for best actor. I haven't seen it, and I'm just gonna go sure. I th- I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say compared Adam to Joaquin Phoenix's <sighs> transformation. I don't know. I it's it's close. I I've never s- I haven't seen Marishori, but Joaquin Phoenix was just. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It's I un- actually unnerving. yeah yeah no no it. I hope he gets it. I, I'll be happy if he gets it. I, uh, if Adam Driver gets it, I'll be happy as well. Um, because, because I don't know if either Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio are nominated, but they'll cancel each other. Out. Yeah, uh, I think Brad is nominated for Best Supporting Actor, if I'm he not mistaken. He might win for Supporting. He might win for Supporting. Now, let's get to Once Upon a Time. Because yeah. I, I watched... I have so many problems. I, 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 okay, so I bought it because it was I on sale. I never cared for it because you guys were like, I, I may it, on it. I bought it because it was on sale. I, this movie, this movie grows on you. I watched it a second time, and what's brilliant about Tarantino and this film particularly is just the detail, the 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 foreshadowing, yeah. the 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 elements at the start that you think are insignificant, and it all ties into each other so so brilliantly yeah you know the flamethrower yeah at the beginning of the movie you yeah. think it's throwaway and yeah. you're like oh shit this yeah. is awesome yeah if you observe i don't know if you picked up on this this is not a spoiler every time they show the little girl the not the little girls the teenage girls that are singing the creepy song in yes. every scene that they're like crossing the street and they're singing the song. There's dogs. Yeah. There's dogs in the foreground. There's a dog in the background. When Brad Pitt's character goes to the ranch, the entire time you see dog, a dog in the background. It's reminiscent of what Francis Ford Coppola did in uh, Apocalypse Now with the helicopters. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's like I, I and, and if that's. That's very good directing. But That's why is that relevant, though? The dog so presence. Why? Why is that important? It's not. It's just. It's just. It's a. It's an artistic there, element. There's an, uh, so a couple things of that. That Tarantino. I have my issues with Tarantino. I both love and hate Tarantino in equal measure. Uh, is that his. Uh, his eye and the way he just goes down minutiae in films is amazing. The way he has the relationships between characters. That, I think, is the best part of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, is the relationship between uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character and Brad Pitt's character. Like, their relationship and just, like, is amazing. Leonardo DiCaprio, maybe more than Brad Pitt, is because you have you have to realize something about his what he's doing as an Leonardo DiCaprio as an actor is doing in a couple of those scenes. He is an actor playing an actor doing a scene. No, he is an actor playing an actor struggling to do a scene in a movie. Like it's it's 
And there's like even another layer of it. Like there's layers. Like, there's layers. To yeah, movie. there's a layer to that. I mean, that's why. Like, if he's nominated for best supporting actor, he he will probably. I don't think he'll get. I don't think he's gonna get it. Yeah, but it's a really layered, fascinating performance. I will. Yeah, I will. Say, you definitely see Once Upon a Time in mm. Hollywood. Um, it is definitely. Uh, it is in the same. Like so many of his films since Kill Bill, it is a revenge film. Mm-hmm. It is a fantasy revenge film. Mm-hmm. In the same way that it is a fantasy really? revenge, a and fantasy it is revenge. it is a. No, it's a comedy. In the, in the same way that uh, Inglorious Bastards, Bastards and Django Unchained are both sort of fantasy revenge, a revenge that fantasy revenge fantasy. Historic alternate history, alternate revenge, history revenge, revenge film, fantasy. revenge fantasy. Yes. Film. It's like a yeah. It is a alternate. This is a spoiler. I apologize. That's fine. Uh, it is a alternate history revenge fantasy about the Manson killings. Yeah, I re- yeah. I remember you mentioning yeah. that. Uh, and, and you know what's a, okay? Another note on Once Upon a Time is that the the film. What is unique on this is that the Two thirds of the movie really is not all that relevant to what ends up being the premise of the film. For two thirds of the movie, you're wondering, what What am I watching? Where is this all going? I remember. I, I also, it's it's you have that unless you're like me. Then it's two thirds of a movie building tension yeah. to a thing that you think is going to happen <laughs> and then the opposite happens. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I think is actually amazing. As much as I have problems with it being the fantasy revenge film that it is, mm-hmm. the setup of tension of what you think if you know about the Manson killings. Mm-hmm. Uh, See, I didn't know enough of yeah. the Manson killings, so I I watched it. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just... The first time I was watching it, I was just very entertained and with the performances it was the performances carried the film i had no idea where it was going to me it felt like a a, almost three hour long seinfeld episode yeah that's how it felt like to me and and a love letter to a certain aspect of hollywood that the middling actor who used who was famous for doing one thing and is now like and then petering out in his and then Brad Pitt having a a flashback, random memory that goes for ten minutes. Yes. When he's adjusting the antenna <laughs> to <laughs> to uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's so, character's so, home. So Tarantino. It's also. just like ah, oh, that's uh, but definitely goes. Eve, you. It's one of those movies that you you walk. So in in huge contrast to the character. That he plays in Ad Astra. It is like almost a. It, it proves that Brad Pitt is actually a great actor. Is the character he plays in Ad Astra and the character he plays in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood are like polar opposites. Mm-hmm. They're one eighties from each other. Yeah. It's a guy who's in Ad Astra who's incredibly emotionally repressed because he has these these huge unresolved issues with his dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that Astro nominated? I don't even know. No, no. Uh, uh, I would be offended if it was yeah. nominated. Uh, to, on the opposite end of the country uh, spectrum, just a dude who is completely unrepressed. 
about everything. Just and you could just tell you could. T- so there, there's also a quality about Brad Pitt. He's one of those actors who you can tell when he's enjoying himself on screen, and because he's and he's talked about this too. Uh, most notably, when he was in the interview with the va- vampire, he he said it was one of the most miserable experiences that he had on the film. Number one, because he had to. Uh, you had a guy who was just starting to become a megastar and a guy who was already of a, me- a megastar who might have been starting to go down. Mm. He said just just being around Tom Cruise was kind of unbearable. Really? Well, just just, just the, the, the that contrast huh. of like a guy who's coming up and about to become a megastar and a guy who's already a megastar and might be starting to slip. You could argue that he wasn't. He was still a megastar at the time, Tom Cruise. Mm. Mm. Uh, and also because he just hated that he had to spend that entire movie just being fucking miserable. He had to play this horribly depressed character the entire movie. Wow. So he had to be that way the entire time they were. And you could, but you could tell like on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he's just he's just having a yeah. fucking great time. You, yeah, you can definitely tell. I'm still deeply like. Hate what he did with Bruce Lee, mm-hmm. even though the guy he cast as Bruce Lee is fucking perfect. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tarantino has a really fucking weird, problematic thing with Asians. Uh, he has a, as much as he likes Asian cinema, it's just kind of really like you. If you rewatch Kill Bill, it's really even though it's an homage to a lot of Japanese and like Chinese kung fu films, you're like this whole movie is really problematic when it comes to fucking Asians, dude. Like, you're fetishizing them in a really kind of terrible way right now <laughs> that I don't know how I feel about. And he just, that's one of, that's a Tarantino thing. Yeah. It's just, his yeah. racial, th- his, he is, my biggest problem with it is that he, he is a loving appropriator. Yeah, so we covered a lot of the stuff, at least, that we've seen or that in some that I've seen so far. Um, I would like to see 1917. Don't watch Little Women. No? No. Really? I like the Winona Ryder Little Women. Mm. I like all I, I like. I really, I don't care. But I will say I really like all those actresses, and I love her as a director. Together in this movie, I was... It's fine. I was not... It's fine. You know, mm. impressed. That's my thing about that movie. It's just like I, I probably won't see it, but it's fine. Yeah, I I'm st- sure it's great. I still need to see 1917. I need to see Ford versus Ferrari. That I, really? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, yeah. It seems. Uh, another movie. Uh, two actors. Who had uh, fun? Who are just playing off of each other? So Christian Bale and Matt Damon in that movie just bouncing off of each other is fantastic and. The race scenes are fucking like I'm not a big race person, and that. Movie See, I do. I like those films. Yeah, I'm not a big car movie. Uh, I I love. Have you ever seen um? Have you ever seen Rush? By, was it Rush? By um, Ron Howard. Ron Howard, no. It's fantastic. What's, what's the two? There's the that's Steve, there's the Steve McQueen movie. Bullet. There's Bullet, but there's also another one that's a racing movie that I can't remember. The Ron Howard one is with. Um, There's also Days of Thunder, which is not great, but the racing scenes are great. That's the Tom Cruise movie. What's. Yeah, no, I'm not. I didn't see that one. Yeah, Ford vs. Ferrari. Uh, the racing scenes in that are 
fan-fucking-tastic. Uh, a really great melding of practical and CG, I will say, in Ford vs. Ferrari. Because there's stuff that you could clearly tell there's stuff in there that's CG, but like the way it's blended together is really, mm-hmm. uh, is really well done. Um, looking for it. But yeah, the, the, the Ron Howard one is still one of my f- favorite racing movies of all time. Um, all right, it'll come to me. What else? Yeah, so I think I covered what I what. I mean, I mean, Us is also nominated for. A but in another uh, character. Us, Us, I have such. I love Us right up until the end. I think Us is brilliant right up until the very end, because the very end when you find out what the exploit aside from Lakitia, her last name. Nyongo. What is it? Nyongo. Nyongo. Lupita Nyong'o. Yes, yeah, I butchered it anyway. I'm sorry. Uh, she's extraordinary in it. I mean, all the actors are extraordinary. I just think that, like, premise-wise, like the the resu- aside from the the twist of the end, which I the way that is done is beautiful. Like filmmaking-wise, is amazing. But just like the the sort of where the people came from is a little like is a little like. I did, I forgot that was 2019. Yeah, that was yeah. this year. That was um, spring 2019. Yeah. By the way, Rush is with Chris Hel- Chris Helmsworth, yeah, Daniel okay, Bruhl, okay, okay. and Olivia Wilde. I've heard that's good. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Very well filmed. I wish I could remember it's not Bullet. Bullet is amazing, but uh, I need to see it. Maybe Bullet. Is, maybe it is Bullet, the movie I'm thinking of, because it's... That uh, with Paul Newman. No. Uh, uh, shit. Damian Lewis played him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and now I can't. I just said his name. You said his name. Like five minutes ago. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you <laughs> did. Fucking, can't um, his fucking name. Uh. Oh motherfucker! Sorry. I just opened Google and I saw I had line that maybe I shouldn't have. <laughs> I'm going to read it just because it's like, fuck people. Steve McQueen. Thank you, Steve McQueen. Uh, fans are still mad at Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. They've started a petition. Fuck you. Fuck you. I, Captain Marvel wasn't that great of a movie. They need, to give, they need to get over themselves. Look, yes, Captain Marvel was a mediocre movie. Can we all just accept that? It's fine. She's going to be Captain Marvel. You're just going to have to suck it up and fuck and realize that Captain Marvel isn't that great of a character to begin with. Yeah, right? that is true. <laughs> Preach, yeah. yeah. Can I just say, the more I read about what's going on with Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness, the more I'm intrigued and I'm really looking forward to it because I think that the next phase, a lot of the twists and turns are going to spawn from this movie. Yeah. I'm excited. I also hope that it's... It just lost a director, though. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying. This, I guess you guys won't care, but I care, so it matters <laughs> to you guys. <laughs> um, I love the premise. I think people need to relax and let Picard be. Let it play out. Oh, Star Trek no, I, Picard. I, I, Let, I, it's, I felt it's... Was it mind blowing? Because uh, 
I have not watched it. Was, it was just... I haven't seen it, I agree with you. Just it's like... I, I mean, I appreciate what they were doing with Discovery, and I think a lot of Trekkies are have issues with what they're doing with Star Trek Discovery, and Picard is just an extension well, of that. In a similar, in a similar to Marvel fans or any big fans of something, uh, don't move your foot. Sorry, yeah. this is just a weird thing. When no you, problem. When you move your foot, okay. Uh, like it. It, it registered it for some bizarre really? reason. Okay. Not as a sound, but like it stopped recording for a split second. Okay, I'll, I'll not move. Um, but yeah, it's when people are, uh, watch a certain thing, like nerds, uh, we get attached to that thing and we take possession of it for ourselves and it becomes like Star Trek Generation, like Next Generation. Like it was a popular show, but it was still a, a niche. You know, it was still... Primarily, it, it spawned its own little subset of nerds. It's even its own little subset of nerds in Star Trek. And like, so you take possession of that because it's a thing that you are into that other people aren't necessarily into at the time. Same thing happened with Star Wars. The people who were originally into Star Wars, uh, I forget who was, somebody was, might have been Dana Gould, might have been Jonah Ray, one of the podcasts I was listening to, was just like, at a certain point, you take possession of that thing because as a fan of it because other people aren't and it becomes a thing that defines how you're different from the thing that you've kind of because you haven't seen that like character or whatever for a while when someone else gets a hold of that and changes the thing that you took a hold of and took as your own mm -hmm. it feels like a betrayal mm -hmm. i don't necessarily i'm not the only show i've ever felt that way about is preacher um, and I think, but I also think, had I never read the comic book, I said I wouldn't really like the first season of Preacher. Mm. Um, the second season, they started to make a, a lot of stuff that was just dumb narrative decisions that regardless of whether it was adapting the comic book well or not, it was just like, just dumb writing decisions that are, you're just not writing a good show anywhere. Uh, so that'll upset me. Yeah, I but at the same time, like you it said, was like, people need to fucking relax. Yeah, just I, I'm excited about the new upcoming season of Discovery, but I was just like really excited because like it's been a while since the series have moved forward. You know, we've gone back with Discovery as like a prequel, that you know, a prequel TV show, um, and it it set up some nice breadcrumbs as to what's going to happen in the future of this show, and I'd like mm -hmm. to see how this play out. So I'm interested. I'm interested. So internets, relax. Yeah. Let's give it in a general, chance. Internets, relax. All right, I think we should pause again so I can put the icing on the cake and maybe, and, uh, uh, maybe and eat it too. And stop captaining. Captain Morton. Um, I need to stretch <laughs> my legs. <laughs> if, you, if you don't know right now, Rich is now standing on the couch with one Captain Morganing right now. All right, we should stop. All right, yeah.